As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sif Pop is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Hey, that's my line. Oh. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, three people who... Live from a bunker in the heart of... Live from a bunker in Sif Pop. I see what you're doing. You like that? You were having short-term remember-remembering I, I couldn't remember-remember things. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron and Danae, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Uh. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, whatever else is on our little pop culture minds. Today we are joined... By Daniel Posey. Welcome Hola. back, Daniel. Now, uh, Guys, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, man. It's great to have you back. Uh, last time you were here, you were with your buddy Spencer. Spencer. So did you like kill him? Like, Did Aaron. you get rid of him? Like, What happened? Well, if, if you guys remember, I actually, we were glued cheek to cheek. You remember That's that? Right. I do remember that, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got the glue off, and okay. the, reason, the reason why we are typically glued together is that it's a little bit like Dory, and he wanders a lot. And I have to make sure that he doesn't get lost, uh-huh. and so he is lost right oh, now. No. Oh, no. Finding Spencer. The next Find, movie from Pixar. That's going to be the threequel. <laughs> Uh, well, That's we what's hope, next. We hope he comes back safe. And now know. we can't we can't spoil anything here in the Dory part, but uh-huh. we can learn some clues about how you can help Spencer yeah. find you again. <laughs> That's true. But we'll get more into the specifics about that in the spoiler episode, which you can get uh, in the Sif Pop podcast feed. Well, it is absolutely wonderful to have you back, man. We really enjoyed our conversation last time, and excited to talk about this movie with you. Before we get started, any place you want to send people to to find out more about uh, what you do and you know what you guys are involved in. Sure. Well, uh, actually, if the viewers want to go to uh, Sir or go to Twitter, I'm on uh, Twitter and my handle is at Sir Daniel Posey. You will be able to see me talk a lot about music, movies, entertainment. You can chime in, send me something that you really like because I use Twitter mainly just for the entertainment aspect. And I share a lot of different things that we do there. But since 
Spencer and I, we were on uh, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We actually produced a short film. And if you go to YouTube, you just search Daniel Posey. You can also search the film title, The Little Rip in Time. It was a short film, five minutes long, that we produced with Sato 48 here in the Ozarks. And Sato stands for Springfield and the Ozarks, mm -hmm. hence Sato. And you got 48 hours to produce this. And so um, it's on YouTube. Check it out. Let us know what you think, uh, whether that be on YouTube or let me know on Twitter. And I'm all over the internet for that. And we that's one project that we finished, uh, The Little Rip in Time. I saw and The Little Rip in Time, by the way. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think? I'm curious. I thought it was great. I would love to know. I would love to know your involvement specifically with it. Like, what did you guys? Like, what parts did you do of the movie? Because again, putting a movie together in 48 hours, even a short film, that's a that's a pretty big task. So, like, what was your you know involvement in the process? Yeah. Well, Spencer and I, of course, we've produced short films and a lot of different entertainment projects over the last eight years, more than eight years, going on ten, and. I talked to Spencer and I said, hey, you know, with this being the third year, the previous two years, we created basically a story that was more of like a social commentary type short. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do something that was more of a narrative. So did you guys and, like write the whole thing and shoot the whole thing and do all that yeah, yourself and do all the we editing? We did, yeah. And uh, basically from the very beginning, I had this idea. I've been in this, I was in this kick of Martin Scorsese films. I love the way that he shot Scorsese. his films. <laughs> the 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 style that he uses for like turning basically the camera into a character during the 48 hours we wrote it we shot it edited it produced it we got our own talent to be in it we even shot in a speakeasy a literal speakeasy well, modern I day you, speakeasy i i had a, a great time with it i would highly encourage people to see it just search for it on youtube they can search for your name and that'll get up yep. there and yep. and you can check it out. Um, but well done, my friend. It's not easy to make movies. It's it's one of those things that people make look easy, but it's not all that easy. All right, are we ready for a little bit of do we care? Yeah, let's run into let's do we care. In. Okay, all right. so I'll read a pop culture headline, and we will respond yes or no if we care, and then talk about it. If you're joining us live in the chat and you want to know more, uh, you can also type in yes or no if you're joined in. So here's the first one: Rocker Meatloaf collapses on stage. In Edmonton, Canada. Well, of course we care. Yeah. I also care. Yeah. Because I would do anything for love. Okay. And actually, that's the, <laughs> that is the song that he collapsed on. And apparently, like, the audience was, could kind of tell he wasn't feeling very well. And he's actually yeah. canceled appearances recently. Um, uh, and so, anyways, like, he was on stage and he's 68. So, is he okay? Like, what happened? He's 68 like, years old. So, he's, and he's had a lifetime of, you know, rocking it out. Yeah, so, pushing the seventh of the meatloaf. decade. Yeah. Yes. Um, and his vitals are fine. He's stable. He's in good condition. He's, you know, responding and he's just in recovery. But, um, maybe time to, like, you know, back off a little bit. This you know? was supposed to be kind of his final tour oh, was it? anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I think he was just trying to push through because this is his final one sure no i get it he's kind of mentioned in the past that he hasn't felt well that he's got asthma and he's got some other kind of stuff but the it's... the crowd that was in the and watching it i guess he was just singing i would do anything for love and then he just kind of laid down on the stage and at first people were like is this part of the song mm -hmm. yeah and then it was no. like kind of obvious like oh, dude's not doing well. And yeah. so then, you know, security came on. It was all just very calm and, and orderly. Nothing kind of went into mad panic, but that happened. That would, I mean, if you were in the audience, though, can you imagine? No. 
Yeah, that would that would be totally scary. Right? Yeah. That would be very scary to see something like that go down. It's really interesting, I feel like, because when you're in a vocation like Rockstar, it's not one that you can like shift your um, what you do with your job in a way. I mean, you can, but you have to be very intentional about it. So that you're not, you know, pressing yourself as you get older. There are many jobs you can back off on certain things or, you know, take them lighter in certain areas. But if you if your job is to get up and entertain people by, you know, like rocking the house down. Right. Like maybe you he know, should have shifted into like I could do anything for a little bit classic style. Yeah. Like or, or session singing or not touring anymore. You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe he, he'd mm-hmm. do that sooner or, or something. Or hand and puppets are great. Interpretive you know? dance I, by that other people might be worse. And you're just sitting on the dance stage might watching. Might be a little more in, more <laughs> intensive, even. Uh, but, it is intense. Anytime you're in the public eye, you do. You know, there are risks. There are, are the risk of just it takes a lot of energy to do mm-hmm. it. And that kind of transitions into this next one, which I think we're also going to say we care about, and that is that Selena Gomez breaks down during the tribute uh, to the late voice singer Christ, uh, Christina Grimmie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I think we all probably care about this too. If you didn't know, uh, Christina Grimmie, who was young, very young, kind of got overshadowed with the massacre that happened, you know, she, the night before in Orlando. Yeah, she lost mm. her life. Yeah, she was at a concert. She was singing, and someone just walked in and shot her. I and, think she was signing autographs at the time. It was after the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it, it just that's so crazy, heartbreaking, it, and ugh. yeah, and it's like it kind of reminds me of was it Selena mm-hmm. back in yeah. the nineties who also had. Uh, I mean, with somebody that was in her actual like group of mm-hmm. support, like somebody that was actually in management yeah. that shot her too. Right. So it's just like weird stuff like this happens, you know, and it seems like a fluke, but it's just been interesting to see the people in the community at large just paying tribute to Christina and how she was a great person and everyone's just really, you know, pouring out love to her. And Selena, uh, while she was on stage, she had a tribute um, moment. And uh, she was talking about her and she said, like, you know, one thing about Christina and her family Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm, yeah. is that she holds her faith so closely to her. And I think it's not about religion and it's not about anything or good deeds. It's just that she had faith and she was like was crying on stage. And she says, I don't really understand how this happened, but I would like to dedicate this next song to her. And then she went into a song by Hillsong Worship called Transfiguration. So I thought that was a really interesting moment, you yeah. know, because um, Selena obviously has a lot of people following her, too. So. I felt like that was a good one to talk about today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. People continue yeah. to use words, uh, the word senseless. It just seems like the perfect word yeah. for a lot of this stuff. Because yeah. It doesn't make sense. You don't understand why it happens. And the act itself, you know, is completely senseless. So, yeah, I, it's it's rough. Uh, next up on yeah, Do there, We Care. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, yeah, that the, the, the one thing that I ask is just very simple is why. Because it's just so, as Aaron said, senseless. Yeah. Absolutely. The hard thing is that there's not an answer oftentimes. It just is a, a general resolve to continue mm-hmm. to try to improve as a as a human culture. Answers are not promised. Nope. Nope. But we can That's all band true. together. So uh next up on my list to bring up today, do we care? Tony uh Tony's make history when actors of color sweep the musical categories. Uh yeah, this is a Hamilton, you know, sweep that happened at the Tonys this mm. year. I generally don't pay a ton of attention to the Tonys. The Hamilton thing has caught my attention in a way few others have. I've listened to the soundtrack. It's amazing. Uh, it is one of the most incredibly written pieces, uh, I, I so think, of all care. time. So, well, no, no, I care only in that <laughs> I think it's well-deserved, you know? Um, what's interesting that is that the spin on the article you're reading is that uh, actors of color sweeping so that it becomes a 
like a, a kind of a racial thing where I'm just thinking of it as a great musical thing. But I mean, it, you know, that is important. I mean, I think that's valuable to know. So those are my thoughts. Daniel, do mm-hmm. you care? You know, I'm, I'm the same as Aaron where I, I come and go a lot, especially with the Tonys. And I end up paying attention to it. Um, it, it it's like every other year. And this is the year that I'm, I feel like I'm out of it. I'm interested in it, but I would be I would probably lean more towards the no mm-hmm. just because I'm I'm on the outs for it this year. Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you guys. I'm really glad that there's a uh, attention that's being given to great performances. I love that the performances are being done by, you know, wonderful people with great talent and that of color is is represented strongly mm-hmm. in that yeah. group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was more interested in the Tonys that they really dedicated the night to Orlando, which I thought was smart. Yeah, I thought James and, Corden, and, the yeah. stuff I saw that job. James Corden did as the host was, you know, really good. And, you know, there's this interesting balance that, I mean, we find it too, right? Like doing a radio show. Right. The day after that, Monday after, the balance of, okay, it's not like you don't address it. You have to talk about it. It's on everybody's minds. It's on everybody's hearts. Uh, but how do you still do what you're supposed to do, which for us, a lot of that is entertaining people, having fun, those kind of things, and the same with the Tony show, and still make sure that you're honoring that. You right. know, we don't have to change our purpose or what our lives are, but we do want to be aware of the hurt that's going on. And what's you know what's incredible to remember is that's always going on. Even when a big news story isn't happening, there are so many people hurting for so many different reasons, I think that's valuable to remember that there are people, you know, being murdered and, you know, evil and whatever that's always all over the place. It's just when it hits home that for whatever reason it yeah. you know, comes to the, you know, the highlight the of our mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of in that same vein, the next uh, up on Do We Care is Beyonce's fans raised more than $80,000 for the Flint water crisis relief. So there's another situation where, you know, people are hurting and then you just have to kind of band together and join forces. So. What do you think about that? Do you care to learn sure. more about Beyonce's fans? Yeah. It's been a very socially conscious do we care. Like all right? the, like all of the articles are about Which I love. pop culture coming together to to help things out. I, I love that that's expected these days, you know, yeah. that you take this, you know, fame and money and and you know, pow- influence, I think would mm-hmm. be the word that yeah. you have yeah. and that, you know, people do expect you to do good things with that. I love that. It was during her formation world tour. Uh, she, along with some other, you know, organizations, they basically, with her tour, were raising awareness about Flint. Uh, so, basically, at the end of all of this, the fans that chose to participate raised, uh, like, I think it was $82,234, and they wrote that check to the United Way in Genesee County to support the residents of Flint, Michigan. Genesee, just because Genesee? I used to live in Genesee Ge- is it County. Genesee? No, it's Genesee. Genesee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I thought that was really great because obviously Queen Bay, she's got so much support, so much Queen love. Bay. She's amazing. She's an incredible performer. <laughs> I love Beyonce. Yeah, she's, I, she's one of the most powerful singers of you know my pop of culture. Ever. Yeah, yeah, of ever, <laughs> of ever for sure. So I thought that was really neat that she put that at the forefront and then followed up and you know, it's great. I love when people of influence influence use their influence in good ways. It's an important yeah. thing to also be reminded that there's still things that are happening, you know, in our country that need to be looked at, like always. Flint, and you know, always. even after hurricanes, we there's could, still places that need to be rebuilt. Always and, people ready to heal. Always, you know, people in pain. Always places that need help. You know, and that's it's uh, it is a good thing to remember for sure. I've got a couple of more, but. 
I think we're good. You think, I think about we're pretty, three. Much, yeah, so pretty much good. I like it. It's a little socially conscious. I love it. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right, let's talk a little bit about Finding Dory. So it's 13 years ago. 13 years Stop. ago that Finding Nemo came out. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really? 13 years. 2003, yeah. So oh, no. 13 years <laughs> later. <laughs> Whoa. Why is that an oh no? I just I didn't think it had been that long and I'm a little I'm a little bit realizing that I that means I am also 13 years older. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> they're they're linked in that way. Hey, Danae, I don't know if you know this. Here's what happens. <laughs> Time continues oh, and we Lord. age. That's what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, 13 years ago the uh, Finding Nemo came out and Pixar has decided 13 years later to revisit that ocean. And we find Marlin and Nemo and Dory on a new adventure this time, dealing with Dory and her family and uh, and an adventure to find her, as is indicated by the title. Now, we will not give any spoilers away about the plot. We're not going to give anything away. Nope. Just a basic overview. But we do want to talk about our feelings and thoughts on this movie. Now, if you do want to know more specifics because you've seen it or it's something that you want to hear you know, more about, we do a spoiler cast that will be in the podcast feed. So it'll be a separate piece. It'll be separately titled as spoiler cast. So you'll know going into it that we're going to talk about details. But just in general, let's start here. Did you like it, love it, it was okay, didn't like it, or hated it? Which would you say, Daniel? Oh, man. You know, I would go between like and love because... Okay. Love is when I, and especially when I was talking to you guys about Pixar films earlier, um, Inside Out was one of my favorite films, and like that—that's definitely in my top five in like the last probably ten years of all films, of of all films in the last ten decade. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, um, and that that definitely is love in the love category, and um, finding. I mean. Pixar puts out so many good films, and they are so well done. They are, they're beautiful. They have such great story storylines, and they also have a lot of the uh, great actors and actresses to provide some very fitting voices for the characters. Mm-hmm. And I would I would be I would go right at the bottom of love it. And it sounds kind of like I didn't uh, well, love it, but I, there's so much about it that I did love, but it, it's... Um, it's interesting, it's, right? Because Pixar deals with the problem of their own success, right? We yes. automatically take their movies and compare them to a higher standard. So yep. I totally get where you're coming from. Danae, what would you say? I, lo- I loved it. Unabashedly. I loved it unabashedly. For uh, for me, this movie was unexpectedly about um, a disability. Mm-hmm. And after mm-hmm. the movie ended, I was sitting there with my mom, which, by the way, the theater was full and then everybody left. If you hear nothing else, stay to the end of the movie. Yeah, there's, there's a really cool scene fun after scene. the credits. I'll tell you about it in the spoiler cast. But, um, but anyway, <laughs> See, I missed that. While my mom and I were sitting there, you know, watching everything, I was like, this is really a movie about like learning to live with a disability. Mm-hmm. And she 100%. referenced that Ellen had talked about that in an interview she'd watched. And I, we go into movies without having any kind of reference. So I The Zero see- Frames Pledge. I, oh, Aaron goodness. Dicer, commit oh. to seeing each movie in its purest storytelling form. Yeah, okay, not okay, allowing okay. a single moment of the story to be seen out of story context through trailers or early scene releases. As much as it is within me, I will see every frame of this movie for the first time as a whole work. 
We now recite the hashtag zero frame motto. Don't do it. The story just won't be the same (laughs) if you've seen a single frame. So zero frame becomes our goal to see movies complete and whole. All right. Continue today. No, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm really good. A little short term memory. You can't remember where you were after that? Yeah. Uh, no, I was sitting there with my mom and, and she was talking about, you know, this interview that Ellen had 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 and how for Ellen, she was like, this is a movie about l- learning to live with a disability. Yes, it is also about family, but it's more, you know, for me, it's more of that. And she was really talking about her passion for this character. Yeah. And as I really, I didn't expect that. I didn't know what to expect, but that's definitely what I got. And I think one of the reasons I really love the movie Besides the laughter and the emotion and the fun of returning to this world and the beautiful imagery and all, we'll get kind of into more of that. It was that I had to wrestle at a moment with really being like frustrated with Dory. Like I, I was kind of mm. like, are we really going to go back and like, okay, I get it. You forget, oh. you know, I'm kind of annoyed. But then I realized that by the end of the movie through the characters and the, the different ways that they're portraying the parents and the people who are learning to be patient with her, I realized that I also became patient with someone who had these, you know, patterns that can definitely be annoying. And I kind of was like, I kind of had a healing moment. uh, And so I really found some value in this movie. And I think that's one of the main reasons I love it. I totally agree. I'm completely on the love train on this one. Um, I, you know, in general, that's not a surprise for me because of how much I admire Pixar. I I do think there is a bias there that sneaks in even, you know, I want to be as objective as I can, uh, but they just make such great movies. And um, this, this one is a great film. Uh, I, you talk about the themes and I think that is a a valuable thing to talk about, but as we start to get into why it worked for all of us and the good things that we liked, um, I just, I just want to touch on how deftly they handled new characters in this movie. Mm. That is not an easy thing to do in a sequel. Um, and you also have the, uh, with sequels, the reliance on where they go back to the original characters in the first film. Right. And this, they, Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to say was, uh, I call it the Ice Age effect. If you've watched the Mm -hmm. Ice Age movies, every movie they'll add five more characters and they will both try to have all the old characters you love and all these new characters you're supposed to fall in love with be a huge part of the movie. And then the third one, here's five more characters and all the ones from the second one and all the ones from the first one. And now the poster is full of like 30 different animals that we're supposed to know. And it's like <laughs> they so deftly both handled the old characters where they nodded to a few of them, but they weren't a huge part of the overall story. And yep. also introducing a handful of new characters in a way that they didn't dominate the story either, but they were there enough that you loved them and cared for them and knew who they were. They let, uh, Dory specifically, since she's the center of the movie, and Nemo and Marlin be our core, you know, characters. And that's just such a great choice. And I think that's one of the reasons the movie works so well is we know who we're with and, mm-hmm. you know, how, who we're supposed to care for, you know. So I thought, thought that worked really well. What did you, What else did you guys really like about it? Well, I'll, I'll jump in real quick just to piggyback on what you just said, Aaron, because I rarely say this, and I think most moviegoers do say this, even if you're not a huge movie buff, but this is one of those rare instances that I actually feel like I liked Finding Dory better than Finding Nemo. Whoa, now don't um, get sacrilegious, man. I mean, come I, on. I know. <laughs> I, I know that so, it, sounds, it sounds bad. Reason, though, is because of what Danae was talking about for the disability and covering this from a very different you know, from from a very different angle, but also presenting it in a very different way and not relying on that, where 
you know, you end up having so many, especially now, so many sequels that deal with just having basically the characters, the same characters doing almost the same exact thing. And I was a little worried at points uh, in this film, but it kind of ironed those things out as we went along. Like you said, Aaron, gave Nod in a really good way without taking advantage of that. So I, I actually found the nod to like, and I won't get into specifics, but I'll, ju- I'll just mention the, the characters. Is that okay, Danae? You're kind of our spoiler referee. Is it okay to mention older characters <laughs> that are in this movie? Sure. Is it? Okay. I found the nod to uh, Mr. Ray. Oh, that's a very valuable point. Oh. I mean, because so the second. Moving. I, so, I found, I, and I wasn't expecting that can, at all. Yeah, let's say on that. I'll, I'll kind of pop in on that because this is another thing that I thought that they did really, really well is that like most movies, you can pull out certain themes and one of them mm-hmm. you can expect to be family. I think more than family, the second theme of this movie is returning home. Mm-hmm. It's not about family. Yeah. Right. It's about returning home. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And the way that they kind of present that at the very beginning is with Mr. Ray teaching the kids. And this is like a year later after the last movie has mm-hmm. finished. So not too much time has passed, obviously, in this world. 13 years going by, no one's still alive. Fish <laughs> don't live that long. Um, <laughs> but it was really cool because they, you know, they bring in this sort of uh, teaching moment about the whole, you know, like returning to your migration, to your migration. Yeah, yeah. And this is really what sets Dory onto this adventure of all of a sudden realizing that she does have some sort of a pull inside of her to return to something. It's mm-hmm. just hard for her to realize what that is. And it was at this point in the movie, you know, it had I wasn't confident, but they were confident. And mm-hmm. I, here's how I'll explain it. Like when you, the movie starts and you're kind of in that same world and like we're talking about, it feels like, okay, we've seen this before. This is kind of feeling like the same thing and you know, a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of getting you into this new world and this new kind of storyline. And then by the end, they were so confident at the beginning that they were going to get you somewhere. It's like the best ride ever. They, one of the things they do so well in this is they are okay with sitting in moments mm-hmm. and then just the humor kicks in. And it's mm-hmm. not like in some movies where there's like a little bit of humor that kind of like relieves you, which they do have the relief humor, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there's a good pace of this movie that's just straight fun. Yeah. At that perfect moment when you've got all these new characters and these new places and this new adventure and this new marine life institutes and all these different kind of fun things that are going on. It is just like you're having a blast. And then you don't want it to end. And then, you know, it, it's just like a really fun thing. And they were really confident about that, that they could still tell these stories about homecoming and these stories about learning how to be with each other despite differences. And so it was like, it was a really powerful thing. I thought that they did that really, really well. And I totally agree. Such a good job with introducing these new characters. I, I, let's camp on the humor just for a second because I don't want to undersell that. This is a hilarious movie. I mean, this yeah. is, and it's both. It's your destiny. It's both destiny. laugh out. <laughs> who's doing spoilers now? It's both laugh out loud funny. Yes. It's laugh out loud funny, and it's also smile funny. And there's a yeah. there's a nice little difference there, and they know how to weave those both in so that you're just you're just happy. The entire, like you're just it's joy. It's like yeah. pure movie watching joy. Yeah. To see these moments, you'll go from a laugh out loud moment to a heartfelt smile. Oh and yeah. It's just oh yeah. In the or the cuteness of the baby animals, and it's just like oh oh yeah, so good. It's so much fun. They do a great job because when you when you're going back into something that you already know. 
you still want to be surprised and like fall in love with a random thing and mm-hmm. have that moment where you can turn to the person beside you and like elbow and be like, that was hilarious. <laughs> and they definitely <laughs> deliver on that. There's a couple characters that are just so fun and so hilarious in this. Oh, it's so funny. I would also say that um, the voices of these new characters is really mm. fun too. Uh, that was something I thought that they did a really good job of is there was a, there was one particular character that I recognized from a TV show, but I couldn't quite pin it. And then once yep. it, once I got it, I was like, oh, that's so fun. That was such a fun, you know, way to hear his voice and how he's acting. And so. they do such a great job tying voice to the character. Yes. You know, yep. they're not just casting for names. They're no. casting for personality. Yeah. And I think they do that really, really well. Yeah, I, I found myself doing that three times, what Danae was saying about the, the characters, where I'm like, I know that voice. Yeah. Who is that? And what are they like what are, what's their previous work and then there were a few times in the in the theater where i was like oh and there was no reason for me to say oh other than it just <laughs> finally clicked yeah. and i'm sure that there are a few people sitting around me like um this guy's getting excited about just them swimming well, you just had <laughs> you just had a dory moment you know yeah. <laughs> I, I think i have a memory <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another reason why I like the movie so much is because I ended up finding myself in those moments uh, a lot where I would just kind of just I was in that and I wasn't thinking about anything else and you know of course thinking about the voice actors but occasionally there would be something that would happen and then like in that moment I would end up, I, I felt like I would just, I was lost. And that's what Pixar does so well, is I lose myself in the film so easily. And this was yet another example of that. Yeah, they just do so much uh, so well. Of course, it's beautiful too. You know, oh, the, yeah. the, the underwater animation is absolutely gorgeous. We'll talk about the, you know how Pixar always has like the little preview movie. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But the short film. The, the short film, mm-hmm. yeah. But even that was just another example of what they're able to put together in these mm-hmm. studios. Yeah. And when you're talking about water, one of the things I loved about their animation is that we see uh, the characters coming up above water more in this one than we did the last one. In mm-hmm. Finding Nemo, they're large in part under the water, mm-hmm. but like 98% of the movie. I don't even remember if there's any kind like... Oh, there's a few There's characters above. above water, but I'm talking about the fish going above water well they, like, they take a nice flight in a in a seagull's mouth like and they're on the little, dock and but very, yeah like that's just yeah. very little time spent yeah, yeah. and they're in the dentist's office a little bit in this movie yeah. it feels like they really like went into that uh above water place mm-hmm. so we got to see the animation of how they portray you know finding nemo or, or nemo and marlin or whoever you know a little bit wet but above water now it's kind of fun i don't know i like seeing how they animate different things and because you know your your brain shuts off and you just you forget that yeah. also all of the water is animated and oh, also I know. all the kelp so is animated gorgeous. and all you know it's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They did a great job of animation in this. One, one of the funniest parts. Yeah. Ah, this might be a spoiler. Can't okay, tell here's, it. here's gonna here's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Don't spoil. I, I guess we can say it in the spoiler, but here's what I'll say. There is an actress who plays herself in this movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. What? So, so good. It is the best running joke of the entire movie. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> I loved it so much. That that's what I call the Zombieland cameo. Mm. And mm-hmm. because after that film, there are a lot of a, a few films that have done that. And this is one of those that for an animated film is at the top of the list so far with that that actor if you will of you know of being uh themselves and Mm -hmm. during that it was just like you said it was such a great running joke throughout the entire film 
So good. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to mention on the positive side before we maybe try to find a few negatives? I definitely feel like the emotion in this was on the positive side for me. I had... Yeah, let's talk mm-hmm. about, did you cry? Like, I did, did cry. Okay. Did you cry? I, I teared up. I will tell you, I didn't cry as much as I've cried. Like, I bawled at Finding Nemo. Um, and you talk about... Uh, I bawled in Finding Dory. Yeah. yeah. I I, oh. I think for did me, you- it was, uh, you know, Nemo was so close as a dad of sons. You know, to what I was dealing with, with giving my sons permission to, you know, go and try things. And I just, it hit me so close to home. It's why it's one of my top five movies of all time. Um, but uh, I didn't, I welled up a few times. There are a couple moments where visually, I love how Pixar does this. Visually, they let the audience in on, they foreshadow what's about to happen. Uh, so you can kind of get there. The thing that you want to happen emotionally, you know it's coming and you can get there before it happens and then just be have that release when it happens. They just do such a great job at that. And there were a couple of those moments. And then there was a conversation with Marlon and Dory that made me tear up as well a little bit. What about you, so, Daniel? Did you get emotional? Well, I I, I did. And uh, I, I didn't necessarily, you know, start, you know, having the, the... Yeah, I wasn't loudly weeping, but I did actually get... Um, <laughs> oh, <Dory. laughs> I, I did... Especially with this film, uh, for for Aaron saying that about Nemo, I found this film rela- like I related to it more just due to that disability because I've got a brother who suffers from a major disability, and with that being the case, I just found myself once again relating to so many things that were happening, yeah. and I just you know for those reasons I fell in love. Uh, kind of all over again, but it also leads to a little not necessarily heartbreak, but it opens up your 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 I guess your heart and your mind yeah. in a different way again. And I found myself like clenching onto some of those moments and starting to get, you know, pretty emotional feeling that way. And yeah, there are times that I found myself like tearing up, and I'm like, "Oh wow, I I got to pull it together because this <laughs> pull is pull it uh, together, man." Uh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I I won't tell you the scene obviously in our spoiler free, but when we do our spoiler cast, I'm gonna let you know the very scene and why. Um, but you, you were weeping. Why I was I was just I really truly was mm-hmm. weeping. In fact, your, your eyes your are son, glassy right now. Your son was sitting beside me, and he turns and goes. Are you okay? <laughs> he was concerned for me, but the the entire audience so had a gasp of emotion, um, and it was really interesting because it was like a double thing. When I had my emotion, it was like then the crowd reacted uh-huh. in the next pace. Yeah, yeah, and you and you heard them all go. <gasps> I have never heard an entire crowd go, oh, like I heard last night. I I was really, I mean, I've heard entire crowds laugh out loud. I've heard entire crowds gasp. Right. I've never heard. Scream maybe. Yeah. I've never heard the, like the, oh, it was really, it was so beautiful. And it's one of those things that, you know, definitely puts it in the lead. I agree. I like finding Dory more than finding Nemo. Wow. (laughs) Oh, really? That's okay. I'm glad. No, that's great. That's, that's so interesting. We'll talk a little more about, you know, kind of the, the, Pixar rankings and that kind of stuff here in a little bit. Yeah, let's move on to things that maybe we didn't like about yeah, this just, movie. Yeah, brief. I know this is going to be brief because we obviously all you know liked it so much. Um, Danae, did you have something you wanted to start with? Yeah, I felt like, and I kind of already nodded to this. So I won't camp on this for very long, but I definitely felt like one of the things that was hard for me was really following Dory's story. Not that I couldn't perceive what was going on, but because I kept getting annoyed, like, hello, can we go faster? You know, mm. and oh, yeah. but they purposefully kept it at Dory's pace because 
we need to understand that people move mm-hmm. in different directions. And actually in the chat a little bit early was brought up, uh, was it as successful as other um, finding and going home and finding family stories? And then there's some references given of other movies where it's like, you know. Kung Fu Panda 3 was that way. Uh, Tigger has mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of theme in it. What's interesting is that the lead character that's trying to find home or whatever is not a quote unquote dependable character. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who has a lot of stumbling and we, the audience, are having to stumble with her. And so I found myself uh, getting just a little bit frustrated with the development of the story through mm-hmm. part of it. And then, you know, I found I found peace with it at the very end. Well, and I think some of the characters echo that feeling, too. I, yeah. Especially Marlon, I think, echoes that a little bit. Yeah, and, judgy Marlon. And, well, Hank does as well. Judgy uh, Hank. <laughs> so, and I, but, I, but again, that's part of the, that's part of judgy Danae, since you were feeling it. Uh, I think that's kind of part of the, the journey. So, but yeah, I totally get that. What about you, Daniel? You know, it's uh, this is tough because I. Oh, I, I there, thought of something else too. So oh, go, ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. No, I want, I want, I want to hear what you have to say. But there was one more thing that I really wanted to remember to bring up. So I'm going to write it down. Do it. Okay. Okay. Go. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. You sure? Yep. Because uh, there, there weren't a lot of things that I really disliked about it um, at first. I started with the major dislike, and then towards the end, and I and I felt like as the film went along, this dislike would slowly disappear, and it did. And it was the fact of, without spoiling anything, there was kind of a a disconnect that I had with the plot, and there just seemed to be a gap. And there's a reason for that gap, and why there's a gap in the first place. And that's all I can say now. Uh, okay, but. Then the spoilers will explore it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and and so that that's like my one main issue. And other than that, I I can't think of anything. Like nothing just jumps out at me right now. Well, since you wrote it down today, I'm going to go ahead and give mine before you give your your other one. Uh, It's it again is also very minor, uh, and the film deals with it very well. Very few films go an entire movie and tell a great story without some plot convenience. And there mm. is some plot convenience here. There were a couple of moments where I was like, oh, that's convenient that that character just happens to be in that place. And <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Yeah. With, but here's the thing with this movie. It's so quick and it's so clever and it moves on to the next thing so fast that I was. You don't care. I, no, you don't. You just don't care. <laughs> you, don't care. you really don't. And mm-hmm. and that's, you know, and that's saying something because I'm trained to care, but I really didn't, you know, and uh, again, part of that might be my bias just to love Pixar movies, too. But. Um, but there are a couple of those moments if you want to get hung up on them where you're like, yeah, that was that was a little convenient for the writers to have, you know, that available in that moment. But it's not it still, all the way through it. So it, it was more so in, in finding Dory than finding Nemo. Yes. With that. Yeah, I agree. I agree very much uh, for how much my, the one that I think I would rather just this does really bother me. And it's interesting. I wonder what you guys are going to think about this because um, I can't spoil it directly. So I'm just going to reference it. Uh, for as much care as they're trying to give those with disability in this one, there's one character that is portrayed as super goofy, unibrow, buck teeth. You're talking about a seal? And, and, a sea yeah, lion? Yeah, and never okay. allowed to kind of be in certain space. And it's mm. like, I don't like how they treated that character. Interesting. I felt like it's not how every other character is treated with a disability. It's kind of like, it, it never really resolved itself with that Um but we'll talk more about that in spoilers. I, I obviously I know yeah. the character you're talking about. Uh, some of the biggest laughs in the movie uh, involve this character as well. Um, 
Yeah, I guess I just put that on like animal behavior. Like I thought mm-hmm. it was a like a thing about but if you way sea really lions look at act, what happened in the same way. I that, get it. I get it. In the same way, the seagulls were like mine, mine, yes. mine. I thought this was this, this movie's was version of that. But but these char- the the seals are calling this character forward to do something and then rejecting the character. So there is so yeah. there so is like an element kind of, of yeah yeah yeah. There is an element of dismissing it may, him. it may be and it may stand out also because there's so little negative humor in this in yeah. this movie or really most Pixar movies that when there is humor that is based on bullying you know or something you know of that nature or being mean if you're gonna can, yeah, yeah at the end of this movie if you have if you're thinking about living in a world with other people who have disabilities of all kinds mm-hmm. and you look at this this cast see I never considered that character to have a disability I didn't either but okay. then in reflection I was like but if you look at how he's acting, he is maybe the one who doesn't have the right mental capacity. There's also a sure. there's also an there's also a duck character that is interesting yes. in that way as well. And also being used, but also yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know. That just kind of like it still tweaks me a little bit. What do you think about well, that, that's Daniel? A, that that's an interesting point because you know during actually during the film and that character is brought up, I felt like they were crutching, and I'm I'm trying not to to spoil anything, but. The element of bullying kind of popped up, and I thought this is interesting. Because, and the more I thought about it, the more I I started questioning myself. I'm like, am I second guessing myself too much? Am I putting too much thought behind this? And um, because I did get that sense of I wasn't quite sure of that because it seemed to be the one main negative yeah. type humor throwback, and 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 two, I did feel like it was. I wouldn't say promoting bullying, but it definitely had those elements of that schoolyard behavior. Yeah, like, hey, let's look over to the one guy that we can manipulate. Oh, here it is. You know what I'm saying? So sure. I just got a little sensitive to it. No, I, I totally get it. Okay. I totally get it. And I think I gave it uh, a pass, maybe um, maybe incorrectly so, because I saw it as like an anim- a comment on that animals, the way right. those animals act. Right. Uh, sure. And that sea lions are bullies. <laughs> you know, that that's kind of, you know, what they do. <laughs> right, they, right. They bark at each other and, and that kind of thing. But... Totally get it. Uh, how about one more thing? Okay. Before so we move on. One more thing about Finding Dory that you should know. I already mentioned it. Stay to the end. Stay to the end was today's one more thing, um, which technically not one more thing. It's uh, it's already said, it's but already it's important said, to so remind it's important, you. So. <laughs> Stay to the end. Uh, Dan, you got one more thing? Uh, I know you mentioned this earlier, but the voice actors, that's not necessarily one more thing, but... I just really like, and especially the small pop-up cameos, if you will, of the the characters who we haven't mentioned yet. I really enjoyed how they were kind of woven in, especially in the very beginning. We have two SNL, uh, one currently on SNL, one alumni uh, SNL member, and they're kind of husband wife and i love that banter between the two because i'm like yep that sounds very much so like a real conversation yeah. and they just yeah, get yeah, yeah. it yeah that and was that, fun so so that's like the the whole couple type uh idea between the characters and the voice actors i thought played out very well and i i love that my one more thing uh is i love it when a movie can pull off and it's a high level of difficulty and this movie does it i love it when a movie can pull off conflict without a villain there is oh. no villain in this movie uh technically there was one really yeah is it a spoiler to say um i mean it depends on how serious you want to get it would definitely it's not it's not 
Maybe I don't maybe, remember a villain at okay, all. Okay, okay. Let me make sure I understand. So, to you, a villain is something that sustains the entire plot. Yeah, the antagonist. Okay, then there's no villain. <laughs> so you're saying there was somebody who was a negative character. <laughs> there was somebody that was very tacky at one point. <laughs> oh, there was. Oh, I, I. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like the anglerfish in the original Mighty Nemo. That's, that's not a villain. villain. That's just that's a challenge. That's, a that's challenge. an obstacle. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's different. But you're no, right. no, there. I thought about that too. Yeah. yeah, there is no villain in this movie, and that's a difficult thing to pull off. But the you're still invested. Is your in... mind. <laughs> well, it is self doubt. It is that you're exactly right. But that is so much more, you know, that's realistic. Uh, difficult to and exactly, it is so much more the life we live. We live a life where we don't deal with flesh and blood villains a lot. Yeah, we deal with the real obstacles of life, and so they uh, did do a good job yeah, i'm glad you brought that up yeah i thought that was uh, very compelling so it's kind of cool yeah. to think that there's all these kids and families in this room who are going to be getting that message hopefully i mean maybe they'll be thinking about you know creatures driving trucks or something i don't know but <laughs> hopefully hopefully what sinks deep down into their soul is you know the ability to kind of overcome their own you know stuff in their head absolutely cool all right, Danae, uh, yes, sir, this yes, podcast, Sif Pop, is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. It's true. Uh, it was an offshoot of the podcast Shoe the Dough, which still happens live every Tuesday at noon. Yeah, if you've never had a chance to listen to an episode of Shoe the Dough, we welcome you. It's a podcast really driven by Aaron and I's personality. And we, uh, have we just that try in. different things that pop in our mind, have a lot of fun. Uh, different, you know, and we'll Sif have Pop music came on. From that. Yeah, and so we had a pop culture part of that and became its own podcast called Sif Pop. Uh, and so that's where this comes from. But I bring it up because I think we're in the final hours of being able to get the limited edition original logo shoe the dough mug. I'm gonna be so upset if it's already over. But I think it was it's finishing Seven today. Seven hours, eleven minutes, and forty seconds left Seven, to go. Eight o'clock to around eight o'clock tonight. <laughs> the countdown is the la- will be the final chance to have the original logo shoe the dough mug. And I wanted to bring it up on this podcast. Because it's, you know, limited it's time. time. So. It's time is dwindling down. So and if you would like to get a mug, you can find it at tchip.com. It's a pretty cool site. T-E-E-C-H-I-P. Tchip.com forward slash shoe the dough mug. It is uh, it is one of the ways we can support what we do here and continue to, uh, to do this thing. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you for your support on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We continue to have amazing people who give a dollar, three dollars, five dollars every month to uh, help these podcasts continue to be made. We could not do these without you. You, These are funded by you, and that's such a miracle and such a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for that. We do have fun little perks if you are a patron. Uh, in fact, there's a video right now that only patrons can see of Danae and I trying the uh, Speech Jammer Challenge. Uh, so that's uh, that will be up on our YouTube eventually, but right now only patrons get it because they get everything early. Patrons so, get perks. That's right, they do. So you can check all that out. Yeah, I highly recommend if you have not yet gone to see the video, oh, patron people, that you go do that because Aaron cannot speech jam. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, moving on. Speech jam should be like the sequel to Space Jam. I'm just saying that should happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk. Uh, before we finish out the show, we've got a few more minutes here, and I thought maybe we just talk a little general Pixar since it's one of my favorite topics. Just some different things, and I think the easiest place to start is probably with the short that aired before this movie. And just talk a little bit about Piper and what you guys thought of this little movie about this little, you know, Piper brand new baby bird, baby bird. and uh, figuring out how to how to eat its meals. What did you guys think? <laughs> oh wow. Um... I loved it. Uh, I love the fact that Pixar is able to get away with 
like pulling at your heartstrings with no dialogue and relying completely on nature. And it goes along with their sense of how they can tell a story, even if it's in a short. And the animation also seemed photorealistic, like, right? Like yeah. it was crazy. Like and how also like a doc documentary style like shots as well yeah. with how the camera moved. Yeah. It was really interesting. I, I was fascinated by both how spectacularly beautiful it was and mm -hmm. how stinking cute that baby bird was. Yeah. Like they have got they've got the recipe for cuteness. Okay. Question for yep. you. Right? Like they've got it figured out. I got a question yep. for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Which was cuter? Piper? Or baby Dory. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just asking. That's impossible. That's an That's impossible tough. choice. Ugh. You have to make a choice. Can you, you go with to... both? <laughs> what if what if they merged? I think Piper was cuter. Finding Piper and Dory. <laughs> we had baby Piper and Dory together. I th I think Piper was uh, cuter. I mean, baby Dory was absolutely adorable in or adorable. Adorable, as my mother said. Um, <laughs> yes, love it. Um, but uh, but man, Piper was amazing. And I think there was just something. I'm always amazed by how beautiful they can capture a theme in you know three minutes. You know what I mean? Like yep. just the theme of trying something new. And, you know, finding a new way to do something that nobody's thought of. I feel like incredible. I feel like the shorts are consistently a way for Pixar to show how they're experimenting with animation. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like a little showcase piece for everyone. Just, hey, also this. And I've always liked the shorts. I've always th thought they're really fun to watch. And they'll have, like you said, Daniel, they'll have like an element of humor to them. And they'll have an element of depth. All without you know, in this particular one, without using any words, it's all listening to this species of bird communicate in like little coos and clicks and things, mm -hmm. which I love because it was sounded so beautiful and you can understand mm -hmm. the tone. Um, and the animation was next level for me. I want to see this at the IMAX 4K. Yes. Pi oh. Piper on IMAX 4K <gasps> would be, I think, a little bit of a mind, you know, like warp. I it's been it would, it's, yeah. it's, it's been decided I'm going probably this weekend. worth seeing because <laughs> yeah. when that seafoam first kind of comes up on the screen, I turned to my mom. I was like, I cannot believe this is animated. It's right? so yeah. beautiful to animate sand and water. I mean, and the bird to have all these really intricate parts of the feathering. Well, and, and it's the macro level anime. I mean, it's like it's it's like almost like they're going to they're zooming in so far mm -hmm. because these creatures are so small. Those tiny uh uh, little the crab crabs. things, yeah. yeah. I was just like, that is absolutely astonishing. <sighs> I mean, it was it was definitely, it was definitely one of those moments. Where I was like, wow, they're they're making some really amazing advancements, and we've seen it in other CG mm -hmm. moments in in cinema. You know, we've seen some really incredible cinematic moments. I can think of you know when Lord of the Rings first came out. It was just mm -hmm. like, what? yeah, some of the stuff they did was yeah, yeah mind blowing. And that was a long time ago. So you know, they've really advanced a lot in their ability. But the storytelling is interesting because you're right. It's just it's all happening in the short moment, but yet something happened there. It's so that's clear. just so inspiring yeah. to you, mm -hmm. the individual. There's so much to find in that. You know, like the first time the wave comes in, and then we see the, the, the what happens after mm -hmm. that. You know, and, and we all know that feeling yes. of trying something new and getting like, oh, pulled over. There. And yeah, but then to find inspiration in an unexpected place, and then to really find a unique way of you know literally digging in and seeing seeing things seeing. You know your your sustenance, your life 
mm-hmm. how you're going to survive in a totally new way. It's just a really powerful moment. And I love that you said, Daniel, that it was like documentary style because that's you're right. There was a there was some camera angles that were just really cool. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, if you can remember other Pixar shorts, can you remember liking one more than this one? I'd have to say Piper's my favorite yeah. from what I can really I have, remember. I have two that I like more than Piper, I think, still. Uh, and I love so many of the Pixar shorts, but I can think of two specifically that I love more than Piper. I can think of one. I'm wondering if it, one of it is it Birds on a Wire? Uh, no, 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 no. That was on, I do love that I one. I love that one. That one's really fun. Although, interestingly enough, a little bit of negative humor in that, the, kind of we talked about earlier. The like, goofiness. The, well, in the, in the revenge, it's revenge humor mm-hmm. in that. Um, That's true. That's true. But, um, I'm not saying I liked it more. I'm just, it's one that I remember. Yeah, yeah. I really liked Presto, the one with the magician and the bunny. Uh, I think I still like oh, that yeah. one more. And the one I know is my favorite uh, is La Luna. La Luna is one of the most beautiful and heart, like, heartwarming it's a story of a family where their job is to sweep the moon and it's this story about generations and in three minutes they tell this amazingly deep story with no you know barely any words just kind of you know mumbles of generations and what it means to follow you know your own path and you know and look to the generations before you it's just it was so beautiful and so well done and I'm sure that's, I think that's my favorite Pixar short. I don't know. It'd be hard to touch that one. It's kind of like Inside Out movie-wise. Inside Out, I can't mm-hmm. imagine a movie being made that, that you know, touches that one for me as far as the best Pixar movie because that was just kind of mind-blowingly deep and fun at the same time. Yeah. So those I, would be the ones I think of. I think maybe it's just because I saw it. I think Piper is really um, like a standout for me. At the me. top, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Yeah, I love I loved it so many different elements of it we could just you know zoom in on it and like explore it on a whole bunch of other levels we're not even talking about yet but i did find an article um on vanityfair.com did an article behind the scenes of piper so if you are interested it's and how like how they did it yeah it talks about the technology that they used and also that they wanted to add specific filters so it did feel more like a documentary so that's interesting and that normally they they say never focus on one Feathers, water, or sand. Don't do all three. <laughs> yeah, don't try to do all three. So I yeah. found that interesting that in this one they tackled all of them. So um, if for no other reason to go see Finding Dory. <laughs> <laughs> go see Piper. Piper is great. Stay tuned for Finding Dory. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, let's go Pixar characters. What are some of your favorite Pixar characters of all time? What are the ones that you love from other Pixar movies uh, that you would rank among your favorites? Let's start with you, Daniel. Well, I love sadness from Inside Out. Great yeah. choice. Sadness and joy together. That's um, sweater. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I really love. Let's see here. Going down the list, I would in no like particular order. I would say sadness. Woody. I always just Woody was kind of like my first Pixar love, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I totally get that. Um, where where you know it's kind of that nostalgia that I just hook to Woody and and kind of what he's going through and and I love that um especially with finding Nemo finding Dory mm-hmm. I found myself really liking um Marlin yes and and you know I I can't necessarily put myself in a dad shoes but I found myself gravitating a lot towards what uh he was going through in a sense of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the different 
element. Um, what about you, Danae? You got any favorite Pixar characters that come to mind? Uh, the first one that pops into my head is Wally. Uh huh. I don't know why I love that guy. No, 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 no. That's a great. That would be in my top five. <laughs> that is. Wally I, would be in my top five. I Pixar definitely characters. had an unexpected emotional reaction in that movie. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's really trying to reach out to to Eve, Eva, mm-hmm. and you know, like he's really just he keeps trying to like pour love out onto you know this other person. And I liked I liked his personality a lot. I found that to be kind of healing. Um. I don't really remember. Like I know there's tons and tons. I love but... Sully from Monsters. Yeah. Inc. Oh Monsters yes. University. I, yeah. I There's something about that character that's so warm and so like generous of spirit that I just I really connect to. Boo's really fun in that movie too, even though she's you know just yeah. kind of it's not like she has a huge character role to play, but but you know she's really cute. Um, I love Remy. Remy is a great Pixar character too. From Ratatouille. From Ratatouille. Uh, I, there's something about his journey that I mm. find really compelling and really interesting. And then Wally would have been the other one, you know, I mentioned uh, as well. Um, and that's not even going into The Incredibles. Like all of The Incredibles <laughs> would be on my list. Like, <laughs> what an amazing family, you know? But it's interesting to think of, like you were saying, Daniel, like the the ones that just stand out to you that like kind of are those moments. And like you know, to think of um, Woody. I, I agree. Seeing that movie, you know, was really powerful and trying realizing I have like emotion towards these characters is kind of fun. Uh, and I didn't expect it. And I did have that with the Toy Story movie. The first one. I haven't actually seen any of the other ones, which is think. a shame. Oh, really? Which is a real shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. should be the next so, Danae finally sees. It really should. be. Yes. Like <laughs> Toy Story so 2 Danae, and 3. You've, you've only seen Toy Story 1 and not 2 and 3? Yeah. Now, what about the shorts, like uh, Toy Story, the time... Uh, the Toy Time Forgot, Hawaiian yes. Party or whatever. No. Yeah, I don't think she's seen any of those. Nope. Um, wow. Nope. But but I because think about the... the Incredibles, like and I did, I watched The Incredibles, and I loved that one. I, I think that's what, like a super fun movie. I watched it so many times. But I don't remember, like, Falling relating in love with to Edna it. Falling Edna Mode or... Yeah. No, I loved them Violet all. Or... I loved them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, me, like, really, like... Relating See, to I definitely relate to Bob Parr. Like, I definitely relate to Mr. Incredible. You know, like, you, you want to do your best to be the head of, you know, your family and, uh, you know, keep everybody together. And I didn't, I don't know. So, yeah, I totally well, get that. And, and I kind of paused because there were a lot of characters going through my mind that kind of like uh, join sadness that I kind of pair in the, in the Pixar realm. And there are just a lot of characters within Pixar that they've created, even if I don't necessarily relate to them, they're great characters yes. to me. And like, whether it be, uh, as you guys were saying, Wally, which it is basically like the animated short circuit. Yes. And, you know, how, how Wally's design, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I don't necessarily relate to him, but what he's going through and especially his fascinating story and everything that's happening. Um, you know, Pixar just... It's really tough for me with Pixar because all of their characters are just so well designed and created mm-hmm. that it's really tough for me to kind of just pin it besides it, you know, the most recent films being Inside Out being one of those. Uh, somebody in the chat mentions Carl Fredrickson from Up. Great choice. Uh, oh, yes. Great character. Uh, uh, I would also bring in the Roly Poly Bugs from uh, Bugs Life. I just think they're fun. <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. <laughs> or Heimlich. Gotta love Heimlich. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's such a great cast of characters, and 
I just you think of you know how many films now and just what they've continued to do and the consistency they've had. It's pretty impressive. Uh, let's finish with this as we finish our Pixar thoughts. What is and let's let's make this like you just pick one. You get to pick one. What Pixar movie would make the best television series? What Pixar film universe would make the best TV series? Curious what you guys think about this one. Which Pixar movie would Ooh. work well on television? Right I, now. Yeah, go ahead. You go. Go ahead, Danae. No, you started. And that's great because I haven't <laughs> okay. fully formed my thoughts just yet. I was just going to jump in. Well, uh, honestly, I know that it's very the super superhero theme is everywhere right now. Film, yeah. TV, especially with Marvel. But The Incredibles would make such a great TV series. I feel like um, there's a lot to work with there, and honestly, all Pixar films would work great as a TV series. From um, looking at uh, The Incredibles. And uh, Inside Out. But I'm, I'm going with The Incredibles on this one. Okay. Danae, what do you think? Um, I'm sticking with Wally, And here's why. What would that TV show look like? Okay. G- glad you asked. Yeah. In this world that was created, there's not a lot of plant life. There's not a lot of knowledge about plant life. And I asked because you stole mine. That's what I was going to say as I well. I feel like it would be a really great series to show you know this next generation how to interact with the knowledge of how to take care of yourself and exactly. not just be an autopilot all the time. Of the movies, mm. it's the one where I'm most like, oh, there's an ongoing story here about re- because inhabiting the earth that could be a really interesting yes. television series which i think we're yeah. at and like culturally there's jokes that run around on the internet like they'll have the picture of the guy the people who are like running around on their little automatic devices where they're just being fed mm-hmm. and everything's a big gulp cup and you know all that <laughs> stuff and people are just sitting there and now it's like we're into the virtual technology part of life where people are just sitting around doing nothing not realizing even where their food is coming from you know it's just yeah. like you push a button and there's your food so I think there needs to be a culture shift. So it sort of speaks to me on two levels. It's interesting that you would have picked Wally, Aaron. I thought you were going to go with Inside Out. No. Because I, 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 I do wonder if Inside Out would make a good uh, TV series. I think, no. You know what Inside Out would make? Um, it would make a good TV anthology series, I think. Oh. Where you deal with a different person's control center every season, you know, and kind of what they're going through. So maybe an anthology season. But I think the Inside Out universe is much more suited towards... Uh, sequels like full mm. storytelling you know movies uh, again for that reason i yeah. think you know so what would you pick then since i picked wally oh you're gonna make me pick a different one yeah <laughs> um i, I want to just pick something like bug's life because you know it's unique to but throw i don't away, yeah but away. i don't but i don't know what that tv series would look like beyond like you know the traveling circus and the different colonies that they would you know things they'd have to solve you know maybe it's csi bug's life you know, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> something along those lines. All right, let's go to the buried treasure. This is the one thing you want people to know about in any area of pop culture. Danae is going to kick us off. What you got for buried treasure this week? I haven't really talked about anything that I use for my computer. And uh, lately I've been really testing, trying to figure out, is there something to recording my gameplay? Because that seems to be really popular these uh-huh. days uh, where you, you know, recording your screen and do a let's play and Mm -hmm. so i've been experimenting uh, with that again uh there's a free uh, program called bb flashback and i used it a long time ago and i've started to pick it up again um they do have like an upgraded pro version but they do give you a really bulky piece of equipment this is a pc uh piece of equipment 
Again, BB Flashback Express is the one that I've been using. And I've used it for years and years and years for various projects, especially whenever I'm recording something like a friend doesn't know how to use, you know, Google Drive mm-hmm. or how to, you know, do certain functions online. And so I would, I used to record a lot of like little helpful how-to videos for my friends. Never posted them online. Probably could be famous by now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it would be interesting just to kind of bring it back up um, as a great option for recording your screen work. And it has so much complexity to it. I don't even understand like 80 to 90 Like lots of choices, of lots yeah. of stuff you can do. A lot of different ways that you can do it, different ways to export it. Uh, there's different, you know, editing capabilities all within uh, inside of it. So it's always nice to find a software that is genuinely free. You don't have to, you know, steal it. They do give you a free option. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so BB Flash- Flashback is something that I would recommend if you're looking for something like that. Daniel, what you got? I would have to go with Dr. Mario. Nice. The old school game. Yeah. The reason Love why Dr. Mario. It, honestly, yeah, Dr. Mario was, was just such a fun game. And two, uh, about two weeks ago, I was visiting my parents. And they my mom loved Dr. Mario as well. And, and she actually got me into it whenever I was a kid. My mom was a huge Dr. Mario player, too. That was like her video yep. game, her one video game. Yeah, That's mine really as well. interesting. And so she brought it up to me. She said, yeah, I've downloaded this. And I've been playing Dr. Mario a lot. And I thought, huh. And so I returned to it, and I thought, you know, Dr. Mario is one of those, I feel like, a very underrated game, kind of like a forgotten game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just such a simple, fun puzzle game. And uh, I found myself where I could just jump on that and, you know, not Angry Birds, but it'd be Dr. Mario for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like the only thing that ever came close to me to simulating the feelings I got playing Tetris. You know, just the idea of like we're matching and disappearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I yeah, absolutely. My loved mom it. loved a game like that too, but it was on Sega. I think it was called Columns Doctor or something. Sonic. No, Doctor Sonic. Okay, I didn't know if there no. was. No, <laughs> it was a Sega. It was a Sega game. I think it was called Columns, but it was the same kind of concept. Yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember that now. Yeah, I think it was all gems and jewels. Like you had to match up to the diff- different jewels. Interesting. And now we have Candy Crush. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, for my buried treasure, maybe stretching the idea of pop culture here, but I'm going with an app. I went with a PC yeah, well, that's, thing. Yeah, it's true. But my app is for a fast food restaurant. Chick- <laughs> Chick-fil-A has a new oh, app. No. I am telling you, <laughs> if you have not jumped on the bandwagon of using apps for fast food, it is the future, man. It is so simple, so easy. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times I've used the Taco Bell app to order Taco Bell and you just drive through, tell them your name and pick it up. Um, it is, uh, it's convenient. It's wonderful. It, it makes you feel so much better about ordering things special because you're just doing it on an app. You don't feel like you're bothering a person. You're like, you yeah. can make that without you lettuce. You are bothering and, a person. Well, I know, you're but you don't. You're still the I same know, but thing. It's just that app. there's nobody in line so behind much, you. It's so much better <laughs> when the computer tells them all the special things you want on your food. So, and it makes you feel, but it's also the fact that it's on the app. So it makes you feel like, oh, it's expected. Like you can do this. Like you can order extra of something or less of something. And in fact, when you look on the app, there are more options that you didn't know about. Like, you know, oh, I can put this on this and you can add that and that kind of stuff. So Taco Bell has had one that I've used and Chick-fil-A just came out with one. It's called the Chick-fil-A One app. Okay. Can I ask you a a question? Sure. Okay. I know you really well. Yeah, you do. I know what you order. <laughs> uh-huh. You only order one thing ever at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Why right. do you need an app because to it's so order easy. one thing? Because, because if you have your thing you always order, it's just a button. You just push the button and then you just go pick it up. Like, you don't even have to, like, you know. It, 
This it's saves all preset. You zero time. It saves you so much time. Zero time. <laughs> zero. It I don't have to pull my wallet out. I guess so. It's got, it's got That's my, true. you know, my payment information in there. Oh, like, so you're paying on there too? <laughs> yeah, then. absolutely. Okay, okay. So like, there's, yeah, there's no fuss. I don't have to pay at the window. I just go pick it up and drive away. It's just like, and Chick Fil A actually, Taco Bell hasn't done this yet. They've talked about doing it, but Chick Fil A has said they will have a special section of their counter that you can actually walk in and pick it up, even if there's a line at the cashiers. You can just walk in, say your name, and pick it up from the the online order or the app ordering section of the counter too so special line there you go it's like the fast pass for it food. is it's the chick-fil-a fast it's the, pass it's the fast pass like how it... would i not fall in love with that <laughs> <laughs> how would that not be my favorite thing oh, ever oh my goodness well we've really enjoyed chatting finding dory with you today uh thanks guys so much for joining us if you're live in the chat we appreciate you very much we're gonna continue to chat with you guys here just uh, with the exclusive post show in just a moment. You can find out more about uh, other live and later shows we do on this network by following the Mixler feed. That's mixlr.com slash shoe the dough. You can also find out more about Aaron and Danae at aaronanddanae.com. Huge thanks to today's guru, Daniel Posey. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. As always, it's been a lot of fun. Daniel and Spencer, of course, you can uh, search for them in their movie online. Uh, Just search for Daniel Posey on YouTube and you should be able to find uh, that movie plus much more. Uh, Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters as well for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Support starts at a buck a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. And all feedback, of course, is welcome at Aaron and Danae at Gmail. Dot com or as you might say in whale that was very good thank you i didn't know you spoke whale it's amazing dory taught me <laughs> as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.